Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. In this first week of Advent, we journey with David in one of his psalms, understanding what true hope is. It doesn't come from our circumstances or even within ourselves, but from the God who loves us and is with us. Today, as we begin the new season of Advent, the new church calendar year, want to, before we get straight into our message time, it's always important to sort of reflect what this season is about. And uh, we are a culture that moves from holiday to holiday very quickly. And so maybe you are used to, at the end of that pie on Thursday night, we're at Christmas already, right? We're getting ready for Christmas. We're shopping. We're putting up all the trees. Maybe some of us had our trees up before Thanksgiving, even, even. Uh, Christmas music, 98.9, the, the station or whatever, change over to Christmas, actually, I think about two weeks ago. Um, this is a whole story. I was getting in my wife's car, and I, she knows that I do not like to listen to Christmas music before it is time. And I get into her car, and she has it on that radio station, and I call her. I said, you set me up. Why am I listening to Christmas music? She goes, I swear yesterday it was not Christmas music. I'm sorry. It was just a funny moment. But Advent is an intentional season where we refrain from going straight to Christmas. It's a time of waiting. Waiting not just for the celebration of Christmas, but waiting for Jesus to come again. Advent is an intentional discipline of waiting and to embrace the life that Christ has for us as we wait for him to return to us. And so this year in particular, we will be utilizing this series, Come Peasant King. And throughout the next four services, we will be concentrating on hope, peace, love, and joy. What those mean and where they come from and how God provides them. And I want to encourage you that if you were not able to get a devotional before this Sunday, we have some extra. They came in this week. It was an Advent miracle. Uh, That if if you would like one of these, um, you can donate $6 for one, or if you can't afford one, uh, that's fine too. Just come up and see me after, and I'll, I'll hook you up with one. And be a part of our discipleship groups who are utilizing this very thing. Uh, As we talk through these things, it's 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 far greater than it's far greater to actually talk and share experiences that we have when it comes to these than just hearing about it, but actually living it with others in relationship. So please make sure that you take advantage of this Advent season as we go through this series, Come Peasant King. Today we're going to talk a little bit about hope, and as I was preparing for this coming Sunday, I couldn't help but think of some shows that I watch that are actually, they're guilty pleasures for me. I really enjoy dramas that take place in a corporate setting. A, a corporate setting. So you're thinking of like CEOs, CFOs, presidents, millionaires, billionaires. There's a number of these shows that you can watch. And the reason why I call them a guilty pleasure is because really when you watch it, you come to the realization that pretty much every single character are terrible. They are terrible people. <laughs> like you're looking for some redeemable quality in it, but the way that they are written um, is, 
is, is, is quite interesting. And yet at the same time, you begin to understand why they might be the way they are. In a world of corporate bear hugs and hostile takeovers, corruption, backstabbing, in a world of uh, being afraid of what the shareholders might vote and they would lose money and power and influence. There's a lot of drama there. <laughs> There's a lot of drama in the, these shows. But what is interesting is the tactic that these millionaires and billionaires in these shows uh, use to make them feel better about the situation, more secure in their situation, or maybe even hopeful. And they use tactics that aren't always um, truthful. Uh, you ever, have you ever heard fake it till you make it? You ever heard that before? Yeah. That is totally a tactic in these shows, okay? So the, cor the corporation is, in, is, is dealing with this, that, these, and those. And the guy who wants to keep power just, everything's fine. You can trust me. We've got everything handled, even though nothing is handled, <laughs> right? It is a very, very front that they put up. It's, it's very similar to how you and I act. You and I are having a bad day, and somebody, hey, how you doing? Fine. It's actually the worst day of my life, but I'm just going to say fine because I don't want to talk about it, right? We don't want to shake the person. And what this is, is we as humans tend to try to be our own sources of hope. What I do, what I can affect, what I can control, what I can be determines whether or not I'm going to get what I think I deserve or what I hope for or what I expect or desire. See, hope often is based on circumstances, the good stuff happening to us or the, we making the good stuff happen. But when we do that, we end up doing these very same things. We end up lying. We end up trying to bully people around, we end up, well, we end up doing bad things, wrong ways of relating with each other. We end up taking advantage of others. We end up trying to do what we can to make everything stick together when everything is falling apart. Is that really hope? Around this time of year, I often find a lot of positive people, not necessarily hopeful people. Do you ever have the temptation of being positive? Everything is terrible. Everything will be okay. Everything's good. Everything's fine. Any of you have that temptation to do that yourself? Yeah, right? But when that happens, oftentimes we don't realize how we are minimizing the struggle, minimizing the grief of people around us, or even the own grief that we have. Being positive isn't being hopeful. Being hopeful is something different. Being hopeful is, well, we're going to learn of what it means to be hopeful in the psalm that we're going to read today. If you brought your Bibles with you, uh, you can turn to Psalm 25, your app, you can turn to Psalm 25, or if you don't want to do that, it will be right on the screen for you. But we'll be in Psalm 25, and we're going to be looking at this this psalm, and if, if you're new to the church, 
Psalms are songs of worship, poems of worship. And uh, in particular, this psalm is written by a powerful person. His name is David. He's the king of Israel. And that's, uh, David would, would actually really relate with the people who I talked about earlier. He would really relate with those millionaires, billionaires, trying to keep everything in order and all those different kinds of things within their corporation. And I guarantee you that David had that same exact temptation to just fake it until he makes it. But instead, he writes this psalm that is beautifully structured in a way that he can remember it. It's important that he remembers this psalm because, guess what? Hard stuff comes at you in life. Difficulty comes to our lives. Darkness comes to our lives. Conflict comes to our lives. And as he writes this, he writes this in a way that he can actually remember it. Each verse actually corresponds with a letter in the Hebrew alphabet. You all remember acronyms, right? You come up with a word and then each thing means something, right? Think of it in that kind of terms. It helps him remember. Oh, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, I remember this verse. He kept this with him at all times in the moments when difficulty would arise. And instead of a fake it till you make it, I can be the source of my own hope, we see something different from David. We read these words in Psalm, Psalm 25. I offer my life to you, Lord. My God, I trust you. Please don't let me be put to shame. Don't let my enemies rejoice over me. For that matter, don't let anyone who hopes in you be put to shame. Instead, let those who are treacherous without excuse be put to shame. Make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. Teach it to me because you are the God who saves me. I put my hope in you all day long. Lord, remember your compassion and faithful love. They are forever. But don't remember the sins of my youth or my wrongdoing. Remember me only according to your faithful love for the sake of your goodness, Lord. The Lord is good and does the right thing. He teaches sinners which way they should go. God guides the weak to justice, teaching them his way. All the Lord's paths are loving and faithful for those who keep his covenant and laws. David is not searching within himself what he can do, what he can control, what he can influence. David is seeking outside of himself in this moment. Whatever it is that's bringing the difficulty to him, he's like, hey God, help. Some of you just remembered the Beatles song. Help, I need somebody. Not just anybody. He looks outside of himself to the God who he has seen to be good, who he has seen to be faithful. He doesn't search in his 
circle of friends or his circle of influence. He doesn't search within his family. He doesn't search within himself. He doesn't search on anything on this earth. He searches for God to help him in this moment. In that first two verses, I offer my life to you, Lord. My God, I trust you. When he declares these things, and you, Lord, my God, I put my trust, he abandoned all other sources of potential help. But David is the king. What he says goes. He could do all kinds of things to get his way. This is why we often see David as a place of, well, of relatability, truly. Even though he is the most powerful man in Israel, here he is pleading with God, seeking God. Hey, God, you're the one who needs to tell me what to do. You have to lead me in your ways. And hey, God, I know that I probably put myself in this situation. Because David did put himself in a lot of bad situations. David had some pretty egregious sin in his life. And yet, he turns back to God. We've all found ourselves in a hole that we dug ourselves. Even kids, right? You ever done something wrong and mom caught you on it? And you're like, how can I make this better? And you might say something that's not the full truth and you're digging yourself a hole. And Mom knew the entire time, by the way. Moms always know. Right, moms? What David does is a, is a model for us. Be open. Own up to it. Be willing to be taught something different. Look to be changed in this moment. And that is what his words say. It's so different than what we're taught, though. You know, it's really funny. What happened this morning, I was going to talk about in this message, and then it happened this morning, which is so frustrating. So whenever I broke my guitar string, how many of you noticed pretty significantly? Some of you did not even know. You know why? Because I learned early on as a musician, don't let them know that you messed up. <laughs> They'll never know. I learned that in band. I learned that in orchestra. I learned that learning guitar. If something wrong goes, don't do, hmm? If your face does that, they'll know. Don't stop. Just keep going. We, as a culture, not just in a corporate world, but really, you know, handle your stuff by yourself. Don't act like anything's wrong and things will be okay. Don't show it. In fact, being open about the difficulty you have and actually learning to be taught actually sometimes is seen as a weakness in our culture. But here, 
David opens himself up to the God who loves him. Say, hey, God, lead me in your ways. I can't do this. I don't know what to do. You got to do it. And this is where we begin to see where hope comes to us. Hope is not something that we can conjure up ourselves or grit our teeth and things like that and just be positive. Hope only comes from God. Hope only comes when we recognize who we are. We are created beings by a God who is far greater than us and knows far more than us and knows exactly what we need to be and what we need to do. You have to trust this God so much that you would surrender to Him. I have a quote for, for this. Surrender, it's in surrender. It's going to be on the, the screen for you. It is in surrender that David, the next one, in David, in surrender, David finds hope. Surrender is the beginning of our hope too. When we surrender to God, we find that he is trustworthy. When we surrender to God, we ultimately find. And this is a little bit hard for those of us who struggle to trust God. Maybe you've heard things about God that actually aren't the most, uh, what's the word, uh, attractive. Maybe you heard people from the pulpit say these things about God, and you're like, I don't know if I can trust that God. I need to, hear, I need to share something with you. God no matter how much you have done, no matter what you have done, no matter what hole you have dug yourself in, he's trustworthy. He loves you. He cares for you. And he's not here to, to get in your face and say, look how wrong you are. He's looking to pick you up and help you, no matter what. That's the beautiful thing about David. David did terrible things, and yet he turned to God, and God was with him. That, friends, is hope. <laughs> that is thinking about a God who loves you so much that he never leaves you, and he never forsakes you, and no matter what you have done, no matter what hole you're in, he gives you his hand. That's hope. It's in that relationship, that presence, that willingness to help us up. That is where we receive hope. You can trust God. Because God, in His very essence, God in His very character is good. He is just. He is love. It's amazing what God, who is good and who is love and who is faithful, can do with somebody who is willing to be open to him, who is teachable. I mean, think about it. If all of us in this world put our hope in 
the God who is good and the God who is love and the God who is faithful. Think of how we might change, how the world might be different. Because guess what? When you trust him, your life reflects it. You're not trying to control everything. You're not trying to do what you can to get ahead. You're not doing essentially what corporate millionaires and billionaires do in the shows that I watch and probably in real life. But rather, we are humble and we offer service. We serve others. We give to others. We're open to others. We care about others no matter what. We're not looking to get ahead of our neighbor. We're looking to love our neighbor. People can tell if you're a hopeful person or not by the way that you treat others. It's because hope, hope is expressed not in circumstance, but in relationship. Hope is not expressed in circumstance where everything is great, yay! But rather in relationship in being with others and loving others through the worst times of our lives. That is when hope begins to extend from us to others. So what is hope? Well, I can tell you what it isn't. And this will be on the screen as well. Hope is not blind optimism but it is a faith that what is good and right will prevail. Where does good and right come from? God. We have faith that God, who is good and right, will prevail. And we have hope because God is trustworthy, and our surrender to the trustworthy God sets the stage to live out hope in the world around us and embrace hope ourselves. You heard as we lit the candle that this candle is not signifying just the light coming to us in this sanctuary, but it will go out of this sanctuary. Hope is a light that you take with you today in every relationship, in every circumstance. Do you trust God to bring hope in your life to those around you? Do you look to be taught by Him in His ways of love and peacemaking and faithfulness? Or are you still trying to control everything when you can't? I know for me, when the calendar year turned from 2020 to 2021, I was really hoping <laughs> the circumstances would change in this world. Any of you ever, have any of you felt that way, right? I mean, here we are, we're still masked, right? We're still dealing with hospitals that are struggling with capacity. We're, we're still dealing with death. I lost, a person in my, my home church died this past week of COVID. He was a giant in our church. He was a missionary to China. And to just hear and that darkness and that grief is coming to my, church, my home church family. It's, it's, it's a struggle. It's Thanksgiving of 2021. I thought things would be better. 
And in that, if we think that our hope is based on our expectations or the circumstances, that's exactly where we are. But instead, what we receive from David and what we receive from God is that in the midst of these days, God is still faithful and will see us through. Because really, even if the pandemic ended eight months ago, we would still have death and darkness in our world. It would just be something different. The reality of it is is that sin and death and darkness is going to be a part of our lives. But if we place our hope in God, we will be able to live out the ways God desires, no matter how dark the world is. He gives us the ability to share His light in all circumstances. Some of us had hopes for this past week's Thanksgiving dinner, and it did not turn out the way that we expected to go, right? Whether it be the food or the family member who brought up that subject that shouldn't have brought up that subject. Oh, we're going to have this great dinner. No, it wasn't great, was it? That's hope and circumstance. Rather, we receive hope in relationship. Offering peace, offering love, offering faith, offering everything that God gives to us, to those around us, even when it goes dark. So this Advent season, as we await for Christ to return, may we be people of hope. People who look to God in the midst of difficulty, no matter what. May we look to Him for how to live faithfully in love and peace and faith. May we not remove ourselves from darkness, but rather to recognize that God has given us hope to bring hope to those who are in darkness. And may we live lives faithful to Him as He is faithful to us. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.